What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the First Timers Podcast Show, where we offer insight, tips, and advice for first-time or long-time home buyers, sellers, and investors. I'm your host, Mikey T, personal home consultant, real estate agent, homeowner, and investor. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. Today, we're going to talk about what homeowners insurance is and why we need it. And with all the the hurricane going on, it's hurricane season right now. And Hurricane Michael just uh, ripped apart Florida. Uh, We're going to touch base with all of that. And I have Logan Dustin here. He's the owner of the Dustin Farmers Agency located in Millstone, New Jersey. You could follow him right now on Facebook at the Dustin Farmer Agency. You could go online to farmersagent.com forward slash L Dustin, and he has a blog spot right now at dustinagency.com. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. I, we got, a, I think, a lot to cover, especially with everything that's uh, going on right now. I mean, we're in the peak of hurricane season, and Hurricane Michael just killed fucking florida well good job mike <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm sorry i apologize for that i mean coming up on it's crazy like it's october we got hit with sandy in october mm-hmm. they're just getting destroyed down there and uh looking at the pictures this morning it looks horrible down there they they really got destroyed but before we get into um homeowners insurance and we're going to get into your hurricane stuff uh, I want to know what you were doing before you got into homeowners insurance. Give us a little bit about you and what brought you into not only getting into insurance, but opening up your own agency. Well, it was never easy, Mike. And uh, thank you again for having me on today. Um, so basically, as you can see, if you're watching live right now, I'm a young guy, you know, <laughs> as a young guy, I get to an old industry. Um, so basically, I come from the service industry, whether it's a restaurant, whether I was, I was a chef and cook for a very long time, um, server, I've always took care of people, you know, um, so I graduated college, needed a job, you know, and uh, my first job was an underwriter at a local company. What, what did you go to college for? History. <laughs> <laughs> very, very odd. <laughs> um, but I'm not sending my kids to college until they know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> and off topic, I, I have young kids too like you, you yeah. know what I mean? And you look at it right now and it's a total mess, whether it's student debt. And, and honestly, my advice to my kids is go to community college, you know, pay a few grand a year, you know, yeah. see what you want to do if you're up to it, you know? Exactly. After two years... They don't have student debt because most people could afford the two years of community mm-hmm. college. And then once they know what they want, then, hey, you're all in. Go ahead. Or be a tradesman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. honestly, they're a great career now. That, that's a missing field right now. And people are really hurting right now. You know, they're always looking for help. And you can make an honest living out of it. You, you can really make a great living. I mean, I, I'm in. So I hear from clients coming to me, and a lot, there's tradespeople, many of them. Making well over a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. no debt. Yeah, with no debt, and they're doing better than the people that went to school. Villanova, crazy, like they, with the communications degree, and then they come out with four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and they're working for a sixty thousand dollar a year job, and you, you're like, whoa, man, fuck. <laughs> there, there's times where I yeah. literally think back to when like I was going through the experience, and everyone's like, go to college, you get a great living, you know this and that. And you get at college and you see this huge bill you're paying month. You're like, why? And I'm in, in my industry, I didn't need any of that, you know. And yeah. I'd be in a way better situation. But I'm thankful for the experience. You know, it teaches you a lot. You know, it's definitely life building experience. Now, where did you go to college? Uh, Stockton College down by Atlantic City. 
how was how was AC at that time? Was it rough down there? So going back to what I was saying before, I actually was a server down there, and uh, you go from making like four hundred dollars a night, and then Sandy happened, and Sandy basically destroyed the whole economy down Where there. Where were you a server at? Uh, Harry's Oyster Bar. It's right in the you know courtyard <laughs> of Bally's. It sounds like a fun place. <laughs> it was, and honestly, it's a different clientele. You know, yeah. you, you work at night and you see some things, and it's 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 <laughs> it's not great. But yeah, uh, that, that's the education right there. Exactly, and you learn how to read people. You see how people interact, and it's a great opportunity to learn how to sell. You know, mm-hmm. upsell and cross sell, and all those other kind of selling. You know, tactics. Cool, and uh, so you went to school down there. You're doing the the serving thing, so you're getting into the service based industry basically at that point Mm -hmm. uh you graduate what do you do from there so it kind of goes back to you know if you're in a sales career you have your why you know i mean like like why you do what you do and you know you know take the hits and stuff like that um for me when i was serving down there in my last year of college i actually um was having my my daughter you know what i mean so you're in your last year of school you're like what am i gonna do i have a family to provide for and you look for like the best safest job and then what's the best safest industry the insurance industry yeah it's constantly always opening stuff like that um and being an underwriter you learn a lot about the policies themselves um what it covers what it doesn't cover you know stuff like that so it wasn't a great living but you know i paid the bills in the time yeah and it set me up for a great course you know now did you go to work right for farmers off the bat or how did that what was that path uh, look like it was a little shaky so uh we i, I got a job out of princeton um it's called cure auto insurance you may see the commercials on oh the, yes if you watch yankees baseball or you know the mets baseball yep. you constantly get hammered out by those commercials um they're they really are targeted to the inner city areas like newark irvington um kind of like a geico where the auto insurance is like they want that kind of industry or that kind of clientele now cure uh Actually, they have the Cure Arena now in Trenton. Yeah. Um, so would it, are they are they one of those like uh, almost pay by month type things, or uh, <laughs> it's kind of as you need it? Or I, I hear I think they're one of the more flexible ones, right? As far as flexible, people are loyal because I feel like you know it's a local local insurance company, and that mm-hmm. you know you got to live in this area to have it. They're great for a lot of things. If you don't own a home, if you don't have any assets, you know the claims practicing is okay. You know what I mean, like. But it's good if you want like the cheapest possible policy, which is limits, and you know, and it's shaky and scary. No one to educate you as far as what you need and what you're covering, basically. Mm-hmm. But as far as monthly fees, there, I, I think when I left, it was like if you want to make a payment with the rep, it was like fifteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> fifteen bucks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Kidding so me? That is crazy. So I guess they're they're making their business off of bulk and knowing that they're hitting target areas exactly and to your policy um and they all they have that service charge either they're making money or western union's making money somebody's making money off that yeah. monthly fee but um if you it's i'll just leave it yeah it is. <laughs> so you go from cure and then what where do you go from there so sitting there i felt stuck you know a lot of people you know a lot of millennials feel stuck in their career they're like they want a better purpose you know so i'm sitting there going through this and i'm like what else can i do i there's got to be something out there in this industry that i can do to make more money you know so farmers are being very aggressive in the area at the time they're saying listen like if you believe in yourself and you think you can sell like we'll give you the opportunity so they came calling met with them I thought it was a great opportunity to a new company to have, you know, it's kind of like the Wild West. You know what I mean? Like you're out there, you just, you know, having the fun, selling, doing all those other things. It worked out for me, man. You know, that was uh, 2013. I'm actually celebrating this month my fifth year with them. So Wow. Now you, um, did you go right from farmers 
and it, it was your old agency from from day one. Yeah. So the way farmers works is uh, <clears throat> you either have capital and you have more of a flexibility. Um, I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you had a kid. I had a kid. Yeah. I, had, I was about to have my second kid, you know, and like I was like, I don't have money to you know spend on that. So there's a they have another contract, and basically you sell, but you have a requirement. And if you meet those requirements for three years, it's your agency. You own it a hundred percent. Awesome. So they don't have this contract anymore, probably for the reasons because there's a lot of failouts. Um, but you know, I we went through it. It made us harder because it makes you more flexible and lenient as far as you know budgeting and stuff like that. Uh, awesome. Now, I could imagine you go from a like cure where you're getting your. I guess the commission based on the renewals every year. There was no commission in Cure. It was all a salary job. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're not. Oh, so used you're not. You're not carrying over anything with you. Or you like when you left, you just left the salary. It's two different clientels. So farmers itself likes you know the educated buyer. You know what I mean? That it's going to have a home. They're going to have you know good limits on their auto insurance and that they're they're prepared. You know what I mean? Like Cure wanted the person that just wanted to pay the cheapest possible price for their auto insurance and not ask questions as far as what the coverage is and what it's going to cover. You know? Yeah. So it's two way different you know areas. yeah two different products two different business structures exactly and so yeah because I, I would imagine a lot of people in real and uh not real estate uh, insurance it, it is commission based right? yeah yeah so i mean as far as the insurance goes like it is commission based you have to make a renewal commission you make a new business commission the whole thing about the industry is that you want to build your base up and keep them happy the clients so they refer you out you make money off of that and you also keep those clients and they keep just you know renewals every six months to a year you know and yeah. you build it up and that, that that's your golden ticket man yeah that, that's that's, like, that's w- the, willy wonka right there yeah, that, that, that that's what you strive for but that that only comes with doing good service exactly and like i always told my agency for my staff that you know the customer's always right you know we got to make it about the experience you know insurance is a boring topic you know what i mean you want to make sure that the person that comes to you has an experience like no other, you know? Mm -hmm. So we do our best to make sure that that client has never had that experience ever before. Um, So we, we it starts with me, then it goes on to my office manager, Denise. We make sure that, you know, that client is happy at all times. Um, So basically going back to it, like, a lot of agents and a lot of companies don't help you on the claims. You know what I mean? Like we do. Like we want to be there the whole entire way. So mm-hmm. like if you have an issue or if you have a question, a lot of companies won't answer that. They can't answer that. You know, I, I had an NJM for the longest time and they refused to answer claims questions. Where me, I'll tell you right there, like this is covered, this is not covered. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is how it's going to go, you know, so you have your expectation of how it's going to go. You know, you just don't want to be in the dark at that, at that time. It's a very stressful time, you know? Oh, absolutely. Anytime you're dealing with a claim – it's like the worst time ever. You're you so stressed out, man. It's like you, you can look at your policy, you don't, and you still don't understand it. You're like, well, what the hell does all this mean? Am I covered? Like, what am I covered for? Mm-hmm. Can I get a rental car? Mm-hmm. You know, are they are they gonna fix everything? Do I have to come out of pocket? There's so many questions there. And the scary part is, so uh, two situations that you know I personally had. My uh, two kids were involved in a terrible accident. You know, I mean, they're in the hospital. They're at uh, Jersey Shore over here. Um, and literally like in the ICU, like, Oh my God. So like, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It really is. So it makes you realize what you have as far as the coverages, you know what I mean? Like medical expense, like, you know, you got to make sure that if you're going to the hospital that you're not going to have a $200,000 bill handed over to you that you don't have the right coverage, you know? And a lot of people have a misconception that their health insurance is the one that's going to pay for that. When in reality, it's your auto insurance most times, you know? Yeah. So you got to really watch out for that. And, uh, my wife had an accident once again from the airport, um, she got hit. The guy had no limits. Like he had the bare bone limits, you know? Yep. Her car was fixed. The other car was fixed. Um, we got a check back for like half the price. You know what I mean? And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. like 
we weren't at fault. Why are we being penalized for this? Like, why can't we get the check back from, you know, the company? And they're like, well, he had nothing. He had no assets. We couldn't go after. He had no. Isn't that always the case? I mean, it happened. My wife got into an accident and the guy, um, let me remember this correctly. He, it wasn't even his car. And after the accident, it was his friend's car, but the friend's car was uh, registered to the father of the friend. The father ended up saying he stole the car. So, and, and they had like no no coverage. So we had to basically sue our own insurance company. Uninsured, underinsured. Yeah. And I didn't have, uh, I guess, what is it called when you have a- Umbrella? Yeah, or the, or the limit, like I guess- you could have it where you don't have limits on your policy. So if you had to sue for more money or – I don't know. There was something there that the the attorney ended up telling me when I renewed, make sure you take away. Oh, is, guess, it, is it right to sue? Yeah, I guess so. Something like that. Attorneys always tell our clients this. And when we have the other side of it, like we don't believe in the lawsuit. We understand it's there if you need it. But like you're going to pay 50% more to have this on there. So chances uh-huh. of you ever using that are slim. And to be honest with you, it's if you have limited right to sue, you can still sue for five different things. One being if you break a, break a bone, if you lose somebody, if you lose a baby, you know what I mean? And if you have a long-lasting injury. Mm-hmm. A lot of lawyers will love that last part, the long-lasting injury, because it could be so misconstrued, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, th- and that's I think that's where <laughs> he was trying to go with, with what my wife, because she had a tear in her hip. Mm-hmm. And attorneys, you know, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, I get I like dealing with them better on the real estate end than the personal injury end because shout out <laughs> I, I see it on the personal injury end and I think I mean their job is to get the person the most money as possible mm-hmm. but it, then they also basically debilitate the person and say don't go to work don't do this don't do that don't do this because they want to build a case and I think it does more harm than good and I'm, I've seen it in my own family and I go like f, f, f suing like if you could get through it. Take whatever money you get. Just keep moving on with life because I think they end up putting you in a mindset where it ends up really not benefiting you. It benefits mm-hmm. them. They don't get they get more than thirty three percent because then they charge for every paper they, oh my they gosh. file. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean it's a whole industry out there. I mean, and, and you, you, I'm sure you deal with it on 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 your end. You see it from the other end all the time, man. All yeah. the time. And I just roll my eyes and I say, listen, man. Like if if the the bills are being paid by the insurance company. What what are you trying to gain? Like I understand if you can't work like you did before, and yeah. I understand if you have like a really bad injury. But if you're just suing to sue, like that's just. But that's what uh, that's what they do. It's it's automatic, like sue to sue. Oh my you know? gosh, man! It's crazy. Real, I mean, so for a millennial, someone young thinking about getting into insurance, I know that that's not like the uh, hip the job. hip thing. You know, right now, like real estate is the hip thing. Mm-hmm. Real estate's good. There's a ton of young millennials in real estate. Everyone's loving the Instagram and posting their pics. Mm-hmm. They haven't been slapped in the face with a bad market yet, and I think that's going to really that's going to crush a lot of heads. Because mm-hmm. once a bad market hits, I think a lot of these people aren't going to know what to do with themselves. But uh, you know, you need insurance in a good and bad market. So exactly, and going back to it, like what I was saying before, like our job is to make sure the experience is great. And same to you, you know, in a bad market, a good experience helps you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're just out there showing home, saying, "Oh, it's three bedrooms, one bath," you know, the same old, same old, you're not differentiating yourself. You know, there's no difference there. Yeah. So I, I agree with you 100. percent So would you would you say to anybody coming out of school or maybe you know in that that area right now thinking? Definitely go and, you know, check out the insurance field, you know, from your experience. I think if you have the right expectations of where you want to be in a five-year period or a 10-year period and you have goals, 
I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I think I think it's changing like anything else. You know what I mean? There's a lot with the technology. I was telling someone this a few days ago. You have these Teslas. You hit a Tesla right away. You hit the battery. The car's total. That eighty thousand dollar car from a battery being you know damaged is totaled. You know, and you can wow. only use Tesla you know certified technicians. Yeah. And you know, auto insurance itself. I, I was talking to my f- few days ago. I'm like, I, I believe in the next five years, auto insurance will be double. Really? I think I think we're really in a hurting right now for auto insurance, and I think you know people want to pay the least, but you can't sacrifice the coverages, man. You really cannot. But everything like, everything costs more to re, you know to rebuild um, stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. That's crazy. I haven't even thought about it. And- I was just looking up Teslas last night. Like don't that, do it. Yeah, do that's, it. That's my like my uh, dream, not my dream car. It's not, but I, I think they're super cool and they have like the best crash rating. Then you, with a family, you start thinking you're like, man, that's pretty. Like I, I, I kind of like that. Well, it's scary as you think about it. Like ten years from now, you're gonna have self-driving vehicles. Like just think about that. You're gonna yeah. have self-driving vehicles. Now, what if that car crashes or you know, let, let's say the computer like you know shuts off <laughs> what my iphone always does exactly <laughs> you dream wrecker <laughs> i'm but sorry guys no but it really is going there i believe we're going to see self-driving cars well, i think probably with the more self-driving cars you're going to see rates go up oh yeah because you don't know how reliable that system is you yeah. know what i mean like mechanic stuff is supposed to break down you know what i mean whether yeah. it's you know 10 years 15 years and they want you to buy new stuff Imagine that car starts going, you know, you're driving on like a highway going 65 and all of a sudden the car goes 85 and it's going straight, not turning. And you see a tree right there. Like, and then you get that little squirrely mark saying it's rebooting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. 70%, yeah, 80%, like, 90%. Please, before the, <laughs> the light tree. turns red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually um, have self-driving uh, police, not police, the delivery cars now, Domino's. Yeah, I saw that Domino's is. Domino's has a self. Real quick though about Domino's. Do you see that commercial where they're repairing potholes or something like yeah. that? How like, genius is that that's insane i'm gonna see a huge dump truck with a domino's on there i'm yeah. gonna like have a pizza ball here you know exactly. <laughs> how genius that, that is the smartest I, I wonder if they're able to uh, actually spray paint the domino's logo like they show on tv I, if i'm domino's i want to put my logo on the street everywhere you but. should call their head of marketing after this and say listen i think you should do this and i want 10 percent royalty for that <laughs> hey, right <laughs> all right we're gonna get into uh let's talk about homeowners insurance sure um for a lot of new buyers I know they don't understand homeowners insurance at all. They just mm-hmm. know that it's a, something they have to have. They don't know how much they have to spend on it. They don't know. They don't know anything. They're just like, <clears throat> just give me a policy. And I'm sure you hear it from them, like, just give me the cheapest policy. So when it comes to like a first time home buyer or somebody buying a home, uh, we usually hear from their mortgage broker. To be honest with you, yeah. I have this client. He's a new policy. You know, he's he's purchasing the house for three fifty. The loan's going to be three twenty. We want to make sure the loan's covered. You know, stuff like that. And usually, the loan is more than the rebuild cost. So, what you need to look for, as far as that goes, now there's two different policies I see a lot, especially the young buyer. Um, it's either a condo or a single family. Mm-hmm. Now, a condo's a little different. You may know this. They have you know HOA usually covers the outside. The policies are usually cheaper. But you pay the HOAs every month, so it kind of evens out, you know. Yeah, you're you're paying in one way or the other. Yeah, it, it's all gonna even out. My mom always says, you know, life always you know, evens out somehow, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone's getting their part. So if you if you're gonna get a condo, what you really need to look for is the HOA covers the exterior usually. I would double check that, but most times the HOA covers the exterior. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you need to cover? You need to cover the interior, which is the drywall, the flooring, you know, the cabinet stuff like that. <clears throat> so. It's a little different policy. It's cheaper, probably half the price. You know what I mean? So uh, if you're going to do that, definitely look out and see what the HOA covers. Um, there's common areas, stuff like that. 
Um, if you're looking at that kind of policy, get an assessment on there for an endorsement, like a loss assessment, because let's say they want to repave the streets out there and they want to give you a $10,000 bill saying, okay, we're going to do this. This is your share. You want to make sure your home insurance can cover that, you know? Oh, so a, a loss assessment, uh, I guess, addition to your policy covers those unforeseen. So if, say you're – I own a condo that mm-hmm. I rent out. So say the association is now going to hit everybody for five grand for – the roof that they're going to redo. Mm-hmm. That policy covers that? Your home insurance covers that. That's really? Right. Yeah, so they, they want to repair a sidewalk, you know, and you stuff like that. Why didn't anybody tell me this? Like, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cheap. It's, it's like $20 a year or something oh like that. Oh, my God. It's, it's really cheap, and I, I mean, people don't realize that. You know, it's, it stinks when you have to get, you know, handed this $30,000 bill because they want to do something, and they're like, okay, this is going to be 10 payments of $3,000. Yeah, you, know? you hear it all the time. It's hard. It really Especially is. in smaller associations. Because they don't have the, the capital funds to do these big projects. So if you're getting hit with five new roofs in a small little five-unit association or whatever, you're going to get hit with a big bill. So I had a client. I believe it was Bayonne or maybe like Newark area up there. Um, he had like one of those smaller, like three or four different unit uh, buildings. He was a owner of one of them. And they, they found out that foundation was wrong. So – they had a you know had the engineer come out there show renderings of the foundation being wrong and he had like a six thousand dollar bill or something like that of his part to repair the foundation. He's like, dude, I'm not paying this. I'm, I'm like, like, don't worry, you're covered, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people don't understand that, and that's why you have someone like me as yeah. an advisor to say, listen, like, I know this is not important to you now, but I don't want that phone call five years from now yeah. saying, why didn't you tell me about this? So just think about it now. Spend the extra thirty bucks. You know what I mean? And yeah. Get that assessment coverage. Um. So, yeah, condos are huge now. People just don't want that maintenance fee where it's like you're going to have to mow the grass. You're going to have to, you know, do all the exterior. Especially while you're young. I I, I think a condo or townhomes are a great <clears throat> starter home mm-hmm. because it kind of breaks you into being a homeowner without being a full homeowner. You might not get all the appreciation of a house. Sure. But – you get like the the appreciation light version. You know, you're, you're probably going to replace your water heater or some some simple, um, but you're not. You could actually still have fun while you're young. You don't. You're not cutting the grass every Saturday. Exactly. You're not worried about like your gutters falling apart. This is all the stuff that happens when you own a home. If my wife's watching, I know I have to mow the grass today. So yes, I understand <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's almost like it's almost like school where you like graduate to the next yep. level. You know. It's good to get into it, and you know it's all minor fixes half the time. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure from my end of it, but like there is a home inspection, right? You want to get yeah. your, your your condo inspected. It's not like a single family home where you got to inspect everything, probably, right? Like, yeah, I, I think you know the homeowner still looks at the outside just to give them a sure. condition. So <clears throat> uh, even though they, you know, from the outside in is the condo's problem, but you still want to know, like, hey, if, the, if the the, you got bad flashing here, you know, these windows look like they're leaking. That could become an inside problem real quick. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, but yeah, you're right though, and it is a great starter place. Um, the single family homes they do cost more, and what you really want to look out for those is kind of like sewer and drain coverage. If there's a basement and it's finished, and they have a sump pump down there, most homeowner policies don't cover that without an endorsement. So you have to add it on there. Get out. So <laughs> I get I get angry calls from other people's company or other people's clients all the time, like. I had a claim and they didn't cover it and I can't believe they didn't tell me about it. And I'm like, well, you know, you got to have that conversation with them. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand the coverages. They rely on you to help you help understand the coverages. So if the sub pump stops working and you start to get water in your basement, if you don't have that endorsement, you're SOL. SOL. Son of a gun. And then if, you're, if your sewer backs up in your house. Yeah. 
and that becomes a, a, a shitty mess. Oh my gosh, man! So ass, uh, that is like the that's like a slap in the face at that time because if you have stuff in your basement, you you ruined a lot of content. Mm-hmm. It's you a disgust knock on wood for that yeah. one. Oh like seriously, yeah. you got a lot of a uh, lot of cleanup. Sure, you definitely have to have a remediation company come in there. And remediate, they are expensive, man. Yeah, they are. And, and an electric bill. You know what I mean? They're on there. Those big fans are on for like twenty four hours. I, I know. I had a. Uh, I had them in my house once, and I think right after they left, my refrigerator burnt out. I swear it was them. It's a, it was just too coincidental. Hand them a bill. Yeah, for this for you guys. It was it was horrible, but wow, you know that's something that most most people don't even have that conversation. And another thing you gotta watch out for, and people don't understand this: a home insurance policy is not a warranty policy. So if like an appliance breaks down. Don't try to put the claim in. It's not covered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't we don't offer equipment breakdown coverage like that. Um, so you, what you have home insurance for is the big stuff. Like let's say if wind comes, a big windstorm comes, a hurricane comes, stuff like that. You want to make sure that you know it's going to be there for a whole new roof or a whole new top. Or if you know, let's say, uh, what's a good one? Uh, fire. Fire is one of the biggest claim you know in this state because if a fire happens, your house is pretty much done. You know what I mean? Your house yeah. is going to burn to the ground. You want to make sure that you have enough dwelling coverage. You want to make sure that you have enough as far as additional living expense coverage because, it. trust me, it, it's a long time to rebuild a house. At least 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. But definitely by the time drawings are created, exactly. permits, you find a contractor, they start building. Mm-hmm. Easy 18 months. So I, I pass by a house probably every day for like probably three years, okay? The, <laughs> house, the, the house burnt down, okay? It sat there untouched for at least – eight to ten months wow just untouched and that that's like i'm like oh my gosh man and they finally rebuilt it and the house is beautiful it's like twice the size i'm not sure what happened there but <laughs> but it's crazy because you don't think about all that goes into it you know what i mean so yeah. you want to make sure that all that stuff is covered that, that is a lot of stuff you don't think about now <clears throat> um I, I know i think i think like you said the the appliance stuff like that inside people they automatically think like uh my uh heater just went let me call up that's not a homeowner's issue. So there, and now it's all about when you think about home insurance, it's how it happens. Like, like what's the cause of it? So obviously you'll see, you'll see in your policy, there's wind, hail, rain, theft, fire, stuff like that. If it's caused by one of those things, it's usually covered on the home insurance policy. If it just stops working one day because it just stops working and it's old, it's not covered. Mm-hmm. Now, how, uh, how's the coverage for, like when a tree comes down, I, I know I, I hear and I, I've dealt with this before. Your neighbor's tree comes down. It seems like your insurance company wants to cover what's on your property, and then they want their insurance covered. So where's the is a tree on the neighbor's property? So or? the tree started in the neighbor's property, ends up on your property. So it's covering both properties at this point. So basically, the wind knocked it down. Obviously, yeah. the tree was on the neighbor's property. It was a neighbor's tree. It's their liability that would cover your your property. Really? Because. Yeah. Uh, after Sandy, a tree came down on my brother's property. Did they have the same poly- the same company as you? Um, I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know who, who they had, but the tree came down. It just rested on the fence. Okay. So he supported the tree from mm-hmm. falling any further. The uh, the other insurance company said, "Well, we're not taking care of anything on your side." Did they do any damage to your house? Just no, your, they, they didn't. They did some damage to the fence of his of his place, but since he secured it, they're like, "Well, we're not paying anything. Like, we'll pay for the other for the person's house that it was in mm-hmm. for them to get it cut and removed." 
but all the wood that was on his side, they basically were like, just cut it off on your end, and then that's that's your problem. Chances are it's probably less damage than his ductile was, and they probably just said, like, listen, we have no exposure here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what happened. Um, if it would have damaged your property, because since it fell on your property, then they would have paid out. There's no deductible. It's a, okay. it's a liability claim. Because um, my, my brother-in-law lives in a PA, and he has some monster trees around him, and there's a couple from his neighbor's house oh boy. that – I mean, he he actually approached them like, hey, listen, can we get this cut down? This Mm -hmm. is going to be a problem, especially, you know, you get like 20 days of saturating rain and then you get a a, even a tropical storm that that could be enough to push it over. Exactly. And uh, I think, you know, he he, he was worried as well as anybody would be. Who's going to cover that? You know, that tree that's on their lot could now reach my bedroom and it falls. So you're saying typically that the property owner of the tree their insurance should cover that, right? Correct. Okay. All right, because I, I had one that was going over my roof, and my neighbor ended up cutting da- cutting down the tree before he sold it, which I was happy because every time I looked up, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This thing's going <laughs> to take me out one day. I understand because in my neighborhood, I have three oak trees, three huge oak trees on top of my house, and like I just see them like climbing so close to our house as far as the branches, and I see that they may not be in the best condition. So like me and my wife were talking that it's probably time to cut them down, to be honest with you. Now – how about uh, people that have above-ground pools and a basement or any pool? Um, so a buddy of mine does pools. Someone hit the discharge lever, and the pool was actually pumping out all weekend, ended up flooding a finished basement. Now, that's not caused by rain. It's not caused by a hurricane. Did it flood his own basement? Yeah, it flooded his own basement from his pool. Do you need flood insurance for like a, like a situation like that? No. So flood insurance comes from rising water, which would not be from the pool. It would be like if it was like, uh, let's say like a runoff or some kind of creek overflow and it, mm-hmm. it flooded your house. I mean, the way we look at it in this simple terms to it, if it's water from the out, now this is kind of similar to you, but it's water from the outside coming in, that's usually flood insurance. Now that, what you were telling me about, if it is covered, I would see it being covered under the sewer injury endorsement because it's some pump overflow. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because it wasn't. Pumping out, sure, sure. So it, it won't cover the actual – so normally it won't cover actual what is causing the damage, but it will cover what it damages. So, yeah. So it will cover the whole entire basement if it's finished, yeah. Now, um, my house isn't in a flood zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm maybe I'm in an X zone or whatever. There's no water around me. <clears throat> uh, so I had a flood issue. At first, we didn't know what it was from. We thought – I have a Bilko door, and we thought maybe it was rain – that came down mm-hmm. into the basement. The insurer said, well, you don't have flood insurance, so you're not going to be covered for rain coming into the basement, flooding your, your basement. So I did not, I, I did not know about this sub pump policy either. Um, I, I actually, I put in a sub pump after it, but, uh, come to find out that it was actually the discharge hose out of my washing machine came out of the sewer drain. Oh my god. So every time my wife was rewashing the clothes, just coming out. It was filling up the basement. And I, and I only found this out because the basement flooded during a sunny 70 degree day. So there's no rain. I'm <laughs> like there's no rain. All right, let's go back to the drawing board and that's what I found out. Um now there's there's a lot of homes in the Jersey Shore area and all mm-hmm. over the place that has basements or even the Yankee basements. Uh so when you have heavy rains bring in water if you don't have that that sub pump kind of endorsement then you're kind of sol right because that's kind of i guess the so 
it's uh, again going back to the principles of home insurance is how it happens. So rainwater, you know, if the rainwater rises up and floods you usually like that, that's usually flood insurance. But if the rain gets in your house through like a wind, like let's say the, the roof gets blown off and rainwater gets in there, uh-huh. that is covered. So it's all how it happens. How it happens. Jesus, man. <laughs> um, now how about uh, so leaky roof? If the roof is just a leaky roof, mm-hmm. is that covered? So. I mean, obviously, you're going to find out it's leaking after a rainstorm. Sure. So, so, so the, what's going to happen is the adjuster will come out there and say, oh, I see a leak there. You know, how long has it been there? You know, when did you notice it? Did you notice it after a storm? Obviously, yes. Obviously, yes. Okay. So then, then in that situation, how about like uh, I know a lot of people re- uh, end up getting leaks into their homes uh, around the windows, around mm-hmm. doors. And once again, it's always after a storm that they find this out. So it's correct. So, I mean, like you just don't – Wear and tear is all, obviously a clause in every kind of a, you know contract. So the wear and tear would be like if your roof's like 35 years old, they're going to say, well, you should replace this roof about 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the average life of a roof is 20, 25 years. You know? If you're just ignoring that fact and you're just like, oh, you know, this and that, then they're, they're going to probably give you actual cash value or something that they're going to say, listen, we'll give you less in a bit because you're not doing what you're supposed to, you know? So insurance contract is two ends. You know what I mean? There's the insured part of it, which is you buying the contract, and there's the insurance company side of it saying – if you do your job, we'll do our job, you know? So you got to look at it that way. Now, does the uh, the insurance company, do they come in and, and inspect these homes periodically? Just the first year. So after the first year, you, they, they kind of let you run. They hope that they hope for the best. Now, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we uh, so we have, as far as the farmer's company, we have discounts. If you, like, upgrade, let's say, your furnace, if you upgrade your AC, if you upgrade your roof, if you upgrade a lot of different things, they like to see that you're taking care of your house. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're taking care of your house... They're going to reward you with a discount, you know? So so after someone upgrades their roof or any of those mentioned items, they bring, they say to you, hey, man, I just redid my roof. Mm-hmm. Then they show you proof of it. Do yeah. they come out to inspect or do they basically just ask for – So we usually need either a completed permit to show that the work was done or if we need a completed invoice from a contractor you used. Mm-hmm. So if you show me one of those two things, underwriting just sees it, they say, okay, you're good to go. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a great deal. I mean, the new roof itself is like almost a 10% discount. Wow. How about uh, security systems? Do, do you get a discount for that? You do. So a lot of the AD, ADT guys, they come up and they're like, listen, you'll get a great discount on your home insurance. Well, it's, yeah. it's like 10, 15 bucks a year. You know? <laughs> and, and what's ADT? Like 180 bucks a month. Yeah, no, you're, you're not getting yeah. any of that back. They, they just, you know how salesmen are. Like, Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I mean, it's like you did get a discount. You did. Yeah. You didn't lie. It wasn't a big discount, but it's a discount, you know? But it all adds up and it all counts towards something. Something, you know how about right now solar is ginormous like solar guys are knocking on your door like mm-hmm. freaking life insurance guys used to be back in the day come on man seriously it, it is crazy and and i get it for those guys they're making a boatload of cash sure you know doing what they do um how does solar affect your homeowner's policy so I'm still in the gray area with this because I do have clients, like you said, that are starting to do it. They're starting to say, listen, like it's cheaper because you're obviously paying in the long run less money, you know. So it would generally count towards an upgrade to your electrical. So, I mean, like you're actually going, you know, you're upgrading your electrical, so you get a discount for that. And then typically people put a new roof on. Mm-hmm. So then they would get it. It all adds up. It all adds up. How long does that discount apply normally? I mean, is that like a, hey, it's a 2019 discount and then 2020 you're back to square one? It lessens every year as it gets older. It's like depreciated discount? Yeah, yeah. so it's like seven years, basically. Wow. 
So, you know, obviously like LED homes are being, you know, big now too and so that too. So like they all get discounts as well too. I had one guy who had like a really complete like 30% discount. Like his home was certified by the state for being like an energy efficient home. Really? So it's insane. He, I think he actually created this whole system. It's himself, but you had to get inspected. It was a 30% discount on the home. <laughs> That's that's substantial. It is, but it probably costs him probably. Oh yeah, like, I mean, I, I doubt what he put into it. <laughs> I mean, a new solar roof will cost you thirty, forty thousand dollars. And they, will, oh my gosh, man! If it's nice, when you're getting like what a hundred dollar a month, you know, bill, and all of a sudden yeah. you lease it, whatever it may be, it's no longer there, and you're paying like five bucks a month for your like, you know. That that's the that's the thing. I just didn't know with you hear so many conflicting reports with solar that it you know uh, for fire and stuff that it's actually more dangerous. Um, I, so I didn't know on an insurance standpoint where they stood, you know, with solar. Mm -hmm. is, is it being a bigger liability or it's not? I mean, I guess you kind of got, you have two different coverages on your roof. You got, you know, two roofs almost with with some of these panels. So, from my understanding, I don't know this, but do uh do when they do the actual um, solar panels, do they offer a warranty? I believe they do. I think the company offers the warranty. A lot of times, the leasing company during their their lease term. And then the lease term is over twenty years, and then they go, okay, these are yours. So this is speculation, but they should cover it. And if they like have the holes in the roof and the bolts and stuff, if it leaks, they should be able to cover from their own selves. Yeah, and I would imagine so. It's faulty workmanship, you know what I mean? And, and I didn't know on a, like a fire standpoint because that, that's kind of I guess what I'm hearing from some people that sure. you now have all this plastic on your roof. Uh -huh. I can't imagine for a firefighter that's easy to get up there and you know battle i mean with with asphalt shingles you have some grip there you know it, it's kind of it, it's made for you to walk on to some aspect <clears throat> i can't imagine these solar panels melting underneath your feet could be that safe but i didn't know if that that impacted the uh, the insurance i we see it as more of you upgrading and as uh -huh. far as the discount purposes it probably would qualify for a upgrade but that, that's good to know for my clients because i know you know that that's always something that comes up you know uh, some people love or hate solar mm -hmm. and i don't like looking at it so <laughs> it depends if you, if you have a huge lot somewhere like if you're in like you know cold snack or millstone and you have like you know back trees back there and yeah. you can like hide it i think that yeah that's great like uh so the front of my house faces south so it would have to be in the front of my house i i couldn't stand looking at it <laughs> Um, I'm waiting for uh, Elon Musk to make these solar shingles a lot less expensive. I think I'll do that one day. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. I, you know, you, you see, uh, and I'm going off on a tangent, but you see the technology grow in these solar fields like so quickly. I go, why am I going to give you 20 years of my roof when maybe in five years now that solar shingle is more efficient? And I'm getting a new roof and solar shingles. It looks better. And they look better. And I think for resale, it's going to go way better because mm -hmm. I, I hear many deals fall through because of solar. They come in, they look, and they go, I can't deal with this. I don't want to look at these panels. I don't want to look at those metal brackets. Sure. And uh, that, I think that, you know, it happens. Um, all right. How about fire – like uh, fireplaces, do they, do they increase the cost? Nope. How about outdoor – Right now, like outdoor kitchens are huge. Um, so you got fire pits. Some people are putting an outdoor fireplace, stuff like that. How, how does that affect the, the homeowner's insurance? So it, essentially, it's a separate structure. And we offer, you know, endorsement if you have a nice, like, pole barn, um, something that you, like, built that looks nice, it has, you know, electric back there, and it costs more. You know what I mean? It's not just a shed. You know what I mean? It's not one of those cheap sheds you buy from Costco. Um, you definitely would want to look at your home insurance policy to make sure that your other structures are coverage B is adequate enough, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So uh, it doesn't really affect you as far as a premium, but if you want to, you know, make sure it's covered, it's going to cost more. You know. Yeah. All right. And uh, now let's get into the the hurricane stuff a little bit. Oh boy. Uh, uh, now I, I could imagine that you know places like Florida down that way that they get hit all the time, mm-hmm. twice, three times already this year. They probably are a little different than we are in the Jersey Shore area, but we get hit with stuff pretty readily also. Are there additional like umbrella policies for hurricane? Like, uh, how does that all work? So after Sandy, it really shook up the whole entire industry in the state. Um, some companies pulled out, some still. And what they did, well, the ones that stuck around, what they did is they put a hurricane deductible on there, which means that the closer you are to the shore, the more you're going to pay in case of a hurricane loss. Um, so if you were living in like Belmar or someone close to the shore, you know, you're probably getting a 5% hurricane deductible, which means that it's 5% of your dwelling coverage. And that's if your damages happen during, during a, a hurricane, a hurricane or a tropical storm, or just it has to be a, a named hurricane at that point, a named hurricane. So the national weather society has to name it a hurricane. Okay. Cause then once it turns to tropical storm, it's no longer a hurricane. It's so. a windstorm basically. Yeah. And then that's covered by your regular policy. Some companies, and you got to look at this too, because some companies will try to, you know, get you a better price and put a wind deductible on there. I highly do not suggest that. Do not do that. You know what I mean? Because you never know when a windstorm is going to happen. And, you know, besides fire, wind damage is probably the second thing you see all the time. Yeah. Your roof, it's expensive, you know? Um, It may save you money in your premium, but it's not worth it in the long run. So with with uh, hurricane-related insurance, I guess – you, when you're closer to the shore, th- I mean, the, the the agent should be able to tell you, like, hey, this is what you're going to deal with, right? And h- how far away from the shore is this not become a non-issue? So we started now. So we're, we're obviously right in the middle of the state. So in our area, we don't need to put a hurricane deductible on there. Um, the closer you get towards, like, you know, Asbury and stuff like that, it's probably going to be still 5%. And then it goes from 4%, 3%, 2%. I've seen up to 10% on companies, and that's just insane. Man. Wow. Imagine a million-dollar house, you're going to pay the first 10%. And, and so is this like from shoreline to a mile in? So most, yeah, so as you get closer to the shore, there's different companies. You know what I mean? There's different ball games. Um, like farmers will do anything up to a mile, usually from like tidal water, or, you know, stuff like that. Um the more coastal carriers, I guess you're going to say, which is actually cool, going back to flood insurance, they're actually now coming out with endorsements now where they'll cover flood as a covered peril, which is much cheaper than a national flood policy. So uh, you've seen in the past, they're really expensive. Yeah. Because it's all backed by FEMA, and FEMA, FEMA regulates the whole entire thing. So now these companies are saying, hey, listen, what on there for a few hundred dollars more a year? You know what I mean? So it's actually adding benefit to these to these policies. So, so now they're adding a flood policy to your homeowner's policy. For a few hundred dollars a year. Isn't that insane? Because – so there's so many homes in, in the Jersey Shore area sure. that are not that, – that they haven't been lifted yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, they weren't mm-hmm. substantially damaged after Sandy, which if they weren't substantially damaged then, you, you think that they're going to last. I mean that was the 100-year storm. Unless we got hit with a cat four, sure. Um, but the cost difference with doing that endorsement, as compared to the FEMA policy, mm-hmm. I mean, it, is it substantial? Yes. So FEMA policies, I mean, if you're in the right zone, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay for it. And the problem is, it's you gotta pay for it up front. There's there's no monthly payments. You know what I mean? It's like they want it and they want to give you insurance thirty days afterwards. You know what I mean? So they want. Re- Wow. So you have to pay the the $3,000 or whatever for this year up front, 
30 days later, they'll, they'll cover you. So a standard policy has a 30-day waiting period. That's correct. Wow. So, but if you're buying a home, you really don't even have the 30 days. If they already have a flood policy, in most cases, you mm-hmm. can just roll right over. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But if you're buying a new house and let's say that you know there was no flood policy existing, you got to wait 30 days. You have to push off that closing. Uh, with the FEMA policy, I, I mean, there's so much unknown gray area there because sure. they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that it it just goes up every year. And then some people are saying it's going to go up. You're going to pay twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a year. We got flood. You, you got to think about it. So if FEMA is regulating it, let's just say that, then that means that it's about the nation. You know, so like you just saw in Florida, obviously they have flood insurance. They're going to get hit. You know what I mean? So you're not yeah. paying for what's in Jersey. You're paying for what's in Florida, what's in Houston, what's in you know other states. Everywhere are, else. Correct. Yeah. So. Your policy's going up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> if you got that FEMA policy, it's going Suck up. Suck it up and just pay it. Now, with, with the uh, the endorsement for flood, is that based off of flood ele- elevation? It's just based off of it. it covers flood as a national or uh, cause cause of loss. Okay, so I'm looking at a house, say in Tom's River. Mm-hmm. It's in an AE zone, so that means typically eight foot above. What they're probably doing, like I'm not 100 percent sure because this is so new, and they're just uh-huh. trying to reinvent like everything else. So chances are, if you're in a high risk zone, they're going to be paying, they're going to be charging more for it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but if you're in a low risk zone, you just want to add on there. It's going to be less. Okay, because I know for a lot of buyers, they they, they don't want to. There's a lot of homes out there that are not attain obtainable because of uh, they they either can't afford the the insurance. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to get the renovation loan to lift the house after they buy it, and there's a lot of homes that are sitting there that, you know, are, are they're on prime property. Sure, and the thing is, like, you know, with those homes, yeah, it's scary because you don't want to pay the extra expense. You know what I mean? So you're trying to, you know, make sure you're paying a good cost. It's good to have these kind of policies that you know you're not going to pay three thousand dollars a year. You're not going to pay two thousand dollars a year. You might pay a few hundred dollars more a month, and you're going to have the flood insurance. You're going to have the home insurance. Everything's going to be covered. You know, and. Th- they base that, I guess, off of data from flood, mm-hmm. from everything else. Correct. How are they able to do it? So, well, I guess they they could do it so cheap because it's it's private. Not, yeah. yeah, it's private, and they're not FEMA trying to take care of Houston right now. And Correct. They're they're banging you for another. I think I read back that when uh, Harvey happened in Houston, only ten percent of that county had flood insurance. Wow. So you imagine that hurricane came through and they all got flooded and only 10% of the residents had flood insurance. People don't take it seriously. They don't. And you can see from Sandy, you can see from Mike, you can see from Harvey, it happens and it can happen anywhere. You know what I mean? So you got to really make sure that, you know, you're protecting yourself, you're protecting your house, which is your investment, you're protecting your family. You know, you can't really, you know, the house would be, be rebuilt. But what about the belongings inside there? Stuff that you work so hard for, your pictures, stuff like that. You can't replace so easily. So. You got to make sure you're covered, protect, you know, you're protected properly. Now, anybody looking, uh, say, at a shore home right now in New Jersey, could they reach out to you prior to putting an offer and say, hey, listen, I'm looking at this house. Could you give me an estimate on how much my insurance would be with flood? Sure. So you could give them a. Yeah. Do, so- you, need, do you need an elevation certificate? It's always cheaper. You know what I mean? If they haven't had one done, it's always cheaper. I know it costs like four or $500 to get one done, but you might be making up for it in the premium cost. Even if you're still below base flood elevation? I would still suggest it, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do they, do they account how low you are? 
to how much the premium is. That's where most of it is, is it's the elevation of the house, how high it is off the ground, and how what's the chance of it getting flooded again and stuff like that. Okay, so say you're, you should be at eight feet, mm-hmm. but you're actually at seven feet. Mm-hmm. It's more money. It's more money, but it's going to be less money than someone that's at two foot. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it does open up some options for buyers. I would suggest when you know a lot of these companies come out with that endorsement, it is definitely going to be the way to go. It truly, honestly is. You know what I mean? Because I don't think FEMA wants to have flood insurance on their back. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of these companies are just like, okay, we'll do it. That's fine. The more the government's in charge of something, the, the big brother. Yeah, the less good it is. I know a friend of mine that was flooded in in Sandy. It was a nightmare mm-hmm. to get money, and he went through this person to that person like his file kept being pushed around Mm -hmm. he has all the work done and it's now i guess about two and a half years Mm -hmm. and he's still fighting to get the lien taken off of his house so two and a half years ago he wanted to refinance the rates have gone up and he's now lost all this money Mm -hmm. because they have a lien put on his property for for a house that they've already everything's done he's moved in he's got the co everything happened and because they're they're crappy paperwork they haven't been able to release his lien and you hear horror stories still to this day and yeah. sandy happened what like six years ago maybe yeah and you know i i, I live in brick i drive by man looking all the time i see these houses these beautiful beachfront houses where your backyard is the ocean and it's like it's gorgeous and they're still being rebuilt and yeah you hear horror stories of after this happened that you know contractors weren't doing their jobs you know fema was dropping the ball on a lot of different things the townships were doing different things it's a shame but you gotta be protected you gotta have your due diligence and you gotta make sure that you are protecting yourself you know yeah i, th- I think if i was to have now the option of having a my own private insurer yeah. give me flood insurance. Sure. I probably would most definitely want to go that route. I agree. Than having to worry about the government coming in and, and screwing it up. Right? And usually when the government's involved, it does get screwed up somewhere. Yeah, because then they, they subcontract out to another agency. And I think that's what happened. Multiple agencies started to take care of these mm-hmm. projects. And every time he would call, they would be like, oh, Susie doesn't have it. Now Tom does. And then the next time Tom doesn't have it, you know, Jill does. It's this big circle yeah, that you keep passing like, off till you don't know who to talk to anymore. Every time he's telling them the same story, he has to redo the story. Then there's resends paperwork. Mm-hmm. And it's all because the government's involved there. Jeez and Louise. I, and I think if, if he probably at the time, if there was a $400, uh, you know, not that substantial endorsement, I think most people will go for it. Exactly. And this is something that Farmers is offering now? Well, Farmers isn't right at the coast. So when, it gets, when you get closer to the coast, we have the, the option to broker it out. So we, uh-huh. offer, we have like seven or eight different companies, all AM best rated. They offer that endorsement now. It, it's honestly the way to go. And I enjoy it because you're actually doing this great, you know, research for the client of what they actually need, you know? All right. So someone looking real quick to wrap it up, they're looking for homeowners insurance. What do you think are the, like the top three things they should you know, ask whoever if they're not calling you. <laughs> That's fine. You know, if they're if, they, if they're calling whoever, who which which should they ask? So obviously, check your deductible. You don't want really more than a thousand dollar deductible. You want to make sure you don't have the wind deductible on there. Hurricanes okay. You can't really get, c- control that. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, Liability is big thing too. You want to make sure that if anybody were to come over your house and get injured and try to sue you, you're covered. I would not recommend anything less than five hundred thousand dollars on there. And that's that's the baseline, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So I, I would go over that. Third, and it happens. People they come over for a Christmas party, they get <clears> drunk, 
they fall. Now they're no longer your friend. They, they hate you. Yeah, they, they got they, Levinson and Axelrod calling you that Monday. <laughs> so, so, so literally, they fall. They say say goodbye to you. You don't talk to them. You you're texting them, calling them. They're not answering your phone calls. Yeah. Then three weeks later, you get a, you know summons the mail saying they're suing you for it. You know, and trust me, it happens more often than not. It does. I had a client who uh, had a birthday party for his daughter and a whole bunch of like second or third graders over there. He had a grotto, okay, and the electrical wire was loose. The girl got electrocuted. $400,000 of a liability oh claim. Just to pay for medical expenses. Make sure your policy is right, people. Exactly. You do not want to have that bill coming to you. Wow. You will literally be ruined for it. Um, so that's why I always suggest to have higher liability on there. You want to make sure it's on there. Um, third, I actually wrote this down last night that, you know, if, if you are a new home buyer, obviously most you know listeners are going to be purchasing their first home. You want to make sure that your auto insurance liabilities are enough because you don't want the statement minimums anymore to 15, 30, and 5s. Scott forbid you get an accident and you get a serious accident and you're at fault, it, you might have that home being jeopardized. You know what I mean? That home uh-huh. that you worked so hard for. You want to make sure that all your bases are covered. Wow. And then that's, that's another thing I think most people don't think about is they now have a new set of assets that somebody could go after. And that's, that's all. I mean, you drive your car more often than not. You, you drive every single day, whether it's you or your spouse. You drive every single day. You never know what's going to happen. And especially with texting and driving now and stuff like that, too, you never know. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure that the thing you drive the most protects the things you worked hard, hardest for the most, you know? is Do they make an umbrella policy for your homeowners to protect you against someone suing for above your policy on your auto? So, yeah, there is an umbrella policy. Um, It covers excess liability on top of whether you have a motorcycle, an auto insurance, a home insurance, you have a bow policy. It covers excess those liabilities, and I do highly suggest it. It's like $10 more a month. $10 more a month helps you sleep at night, you know, and I do suggest that. Um, I I don't know how this would uh, affect, but so I had a buddy of mine who got into a motorcycle accident, Typical story. The the person that hit him didn't have enough coverage. Mm-hmm. If he had an umbrella policy on their homeowners, would he have been able to go after his own homeowners to make up for his additional losses that he has? So on that motorcycle policy, he should have had underinsured, uninsured motorist coverage. Um, if he probably elected to have the minimums, which most most motorcycles do, they just they think it's a cheap policy. They're yeah. good. They're good. So if he didn't have that. Then most umbrellas cover third par- third party, which means they're going to cover the other person, not you. You know. Okay. But farmers themselves has an uninsured underinsured endorsement on their umbrella to cover yourself. It's not a million dollars, but it's five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and that would be on the umbrella that's on your house. Correct. Okay. So there's there's a whole many, there's a, there's a lot of different levels. I know it, it's it's very complex. Like yeah. anything else, you, you try reading your declarations page and you see all these things. You're like, oh my gosh, this is like insurance I, I will, Yeah. What's peril mean? You know what I mean? Like it's that's why you need a good advisor. You know what I mean? And when you're buying a house, it's time that you get the next type of life where you're gonna have an advisor to call and talk to and say, Hey, listen, am I covered? And you yeah. have that trust built there that you know you are gonna be covered. And that's why I always suggest to get an agent and don't go through a call center. Make sure you're covered. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you. I think too much stuff is automated and they want to make everything automated. Your insurance, your Commoditized. rocket mortgage, mm-hmm. Zillow's getting into the real estate game. They want you to be able to walk up to a house, hit the app, the door opens, all the cameras watch you. When you don't have someone there advising you, you're, you're leaving yourself exposed for so much. I mean, there's a lot just today I've learned 
that I never spent enough time with a more, uh, an insurance person to, to get these you know questions even a- asked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is so important to use an individual because <laughs> this is information you could Google all day long. Mm-hmm. It, you're not going to get the right information for your situation. I was reading a book about change and stuff like that too, and, I was, and they were mentioning WebMD because now you go to doctors and you read WebMD and you're like, oh, I have this, this, and that. I, I, I have get it. Yeah, and yeah. the doctors are staring at you like, can I do my job? Like, yeah, hey. please. Uh, I'm, I'm $600,000 in debt to tell you. I know a little bit better <laughs> yeah. than Web, WebMD. But it's similar to that though. We're all advisors, whether you're a realtor, whether you're a mortgage broker, whether you're an insurance agent, you know more than what you know Google can show. You know what I mean? Sure. We know what we're talking about. We know what we're looking for. And and, you know, for you to put that on yourself, don't do it, man. There's it's a big risk. Huge risk. And if it's worth it to you, then it's worth it to you. But if it's not, like, for me, I'd rather sleep well at night. I have enough on my plate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to yeah. have that, you know, hole somewhere that I'm going to be screwed for, you know? Yes, I agree with you 100%. And one other thing, because this affects me, RVs. Um, RVs are kind of their second home. Mm-hmm. I know uh, tax-wise, <laughs> they're second home for me. That's a good thing. Um, so how do they have – all these same kind of umbrella coverages and stuff for RVs? Correct. So umbrellas cover any kind of mechanical vehicle in the house, whether it's, you know, a boat, a motorcycle, RV, jet ski, you know, uh, stuff like that. It covers all those things. Now, with an RV being that it is a trailered home, mm-hmm. uh, do they have they do. coverages similar to, like, your house? Mm-hmm. So a hurricane comes through, it rips off my rooftop AC unit. So, I, yeah, it... it for RV policies, they don't have, like, covered perils as far as, like, hurricanes, stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. more like theft, if you get into damage. If, obviously, it would be a comprehensive claim because the wind's coming. It's, it's blowing your roof off. It's covered, you know? How about when, uh, you know, uh, a guest comes and stays with me in my RV and they fall off the steps? Liability. And, so that's a part of the liability of the auto policy then, right? So an RV policy is like a hybrid of like a homeowner's policy with the auto policy. So it covers liability while you're driving it. It covers, you know, your personal belongings in there. It covers for liability in case someone gets injured in there. So it's like a hybrid between the two and it does cover all those, all those bases. Okay. Because we're getting a seasonal spot Uh in uh, Lake George and you know, hey, come on up. You know, you know, now it's like, Hey, yeah, come on up, come visit in my hand. Now I'm thinking I'm going, what if they get drunk and fall off my step, bust their face or twist their ankle? Uh-huh. You know, who's going to be responsible for that? Now, I'm sure the, the campsite probably has a certain level of coverage. But, I, I I mean, I had to send them my declaration page just to show them that I was insured yeah. when I was applying for the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, that would end up being all a part of the liability portion of the policy, which now I'm unsure of. <laughs> now, now, I, now I'm going to have to send you everything because food I, for thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You really screwed with my head today. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I don't I, think I'm covered for anything now. Like, <laughs> Go gonna, uh, honey, we got to get our policy page and we got to send everything in because I think I'm uninsured. <laughs> I, I, I just have a feeling. It, I don't know. As you get older, you start thinking more about this stuff it's, too. It's, it's true though because yeah. as I get older, I'm, I'm like, I don't want another headache. I just want to make sure everything's covered. I'd rather pay a little bit more to know that everything's covered and I can sleep at night. You know, yeah, like I, I never wanted to think about life insurance, none of this stuff. You're like, ah, whatever. Now, mm-hmm. like, all right, let me sit with my life insurance guy. I got to make sure I'm mm-hmm. uh, insured enough. Let me let me make sure my policies are good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't want any headaches. And but once you become a homeowner, it's a different ball game. It is. Than when you're a renter, and I mean renters, you get your renter's insurance, 
But when you become a homeowner, you have all that new liability, all those new assets. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff that, you know, when you're looking around at, at buying a home, you don't think about that. And, sure. and, and a lot of times they don't think about it at all. They'll, they'll apply online or they'll just use whatever service and you don't know what you're covered. Well, the truth is, like, if you're going, if you're a renter becoming a homeowner, you're used to having a renter's policy. There's really no risk at all. You know what I mean? And then you think that, oh, I'll just pay the pay the same price and try to get it down as much as possible. You know, when in in reality, you are assuming all the risk when you purchase that home and you sign that contract. You know, you now are responsible for that whole entire lot and that whole entire home. You know, so it's a whole different ball game. You can't compare a renter's policy to a homeowner's policy. There's just no. There's no. Yeah, they may be the same type of policy as far as you know being a homeowner policy. But they're two different ball games. Yeah, and just having that liability um, is enough for you, sh- you know, the new home buyer and even existing home buyers like myself that weren't aware of a lot of things. You should have a conversation with you or, or an agent in your mm-hmm. area to see like what's really being covered right now. Where sure. are you really at? <clears throat> what's your risk level? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of stuff there that I think most people would be, uh, you know, surprised to find out. Or scared to. Yeah. And, and and they could all probably be fixed sometimes spending an extra 100 bucks a year. Or even less than that. Like even liability. If you have $100,000 liability to go up to 500 it's probably like 60 bucks a year maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, people automatically, I, I say it all the time with, uh, in real estate with uh, attorneys, home inspectors, everyone price shops. They just go, I want the cheapest thing. Like whatever. There has to be a reason why. Let me just get cheap, 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 cheap. Mm-hmm. And then you find out you're not covered. Or the person doesn't perform well. The greatest marketing that I ever have is bad agents or bad call centers running a policy because they have a claim, they have an experience, and it's terrible. And that after that, they're, they realize that cheap isn't the best. You know what I mean? So they're, they're ready to take the next step. And I hope that the listeners of this podcast don't go through that. They don't just say, oh, I'm going to go through the cheapest, and then I'll hope never, something never happens, and it's all good. You know? Yeah. So I hope that you know you are prepared. You are you know taking sure or making sure that you are being covered. You know what I mean? Because like that's the last thing you want is that four or five hundred thousand dollar bill coming to you for a summons or you know your house your wages being garnished, your house being seized. You you don't want that. You know that's real life stuff. And I mean that that can happen. And mm-hmm. it happens more times than you think. Yep. Go down to Ocean County or Monmouth County courts, and you, you go there on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and you see all like all these. Oh, it, they're they're nasty cases, man. They really yeah. are. Oh, you should have made sure your sidewalk was, you know, okay and doesn't have a huge hole in it or something like that, you know? Yep. And uh it it happens. It that's why you need to have good people on your team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope people get out of this podcast. It's not about price, it's about finding good people to have on your team. Mm-hmm. Spending the time to to interview these people, find out if they're the right fit. But don't price shop just on price alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my construction company, we always tell people we're not going to ever be the cheapest guy. Mm-hmm. We'll probably be middle of the road or a little on the higher end of the middle, but it's because we're giving you a service that the cheaper guy, I know they they can't do the service I'm doing. That's just the reality of life. You you get what you pay for. And going back to it, like, I understand that we're not always going to be the cheapest. You just said that. You know what I mean? Like You're going to get a whole different experience by just being middle of the road. You know what I mean? Like like the cheaper guys, they're not going to answer their phone. They're not going they're going to they're going to duck duck dip you. You know what I mean? They're yep. they're going to say, "Okay, he's, he's calling me, I'm not going to answer." Someone like me, I pride myself, my agency prides themselves that we're always answering that phone call. We're not going to be afraid of you. We're going to be there to help you. You know what I mean? So, we're going to sell a policy with a clear conscience. A lot of people just sell a policy to sell a policy, you know? Yep. So, someone like that, you know, you get the cheap contractor coming out there, 
you may see one guy doing the job takes four or five months when you someone like you could do it with half the time maybe. Yeah, you're... or you might not see him at all. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's giving me a deposit for 100% and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. Yeah, I mean, that, <clears throat> and that's what happens. It happens in construction all the time. It happens in real estate. You don't take the time to find someone that's properly, uh, you know, <clears throat> fitting for you. Correct. And then you have a horrible experience. Uh, now there's all these discount brokers out there, mm-hmm. these uh, purple bricks and whatever. You're, you're not going to get the same service. There's no way if you're paying your your listing company a fee of $1,200, I'm giving you a, a number, and then an agent can make three times or four times the amount by listing, who's going to work better and harder on your deal? Not the, not the flat fee person because they got to do four times the amount of work sure. to make the same commission. I think people have to really get that out of their head. I, and I think a lot of people do realize value. Um I hope, <laughs> but keep it, your fingers crossed. Yeah, but for the people that don't, they're not my customers. Exactly. They're not your customers. You know, they, they're somebody else's customers. They don't see value in what we offer. You know, what I mean, yeah. our jobs as salespeople and advisors is to show our value and hope that nobody can re- reciprocate that. You know, and that's what we take pride in. Yeah, and I, I think by you coming on doing the podcast, giving this information, it just shows that you're out there to offer value because mm-hmm. this information that you and I we give it. It goes further than New Jersey. It may not benefit us at all. It's but it's all about just helping people get them knowledge. And and now there's going to be someone out there that has so much more knowledge than I did when I, I bought a house. They listen to this, and they're going to be a lot more educated to go out and purchase homeowner's insurance. And then basically what I was going to say is that, like, whether or not, you know, you're in New Jersey or not, I mean, we are only licensed in Jersey. But, you know, if you ever have a question, like, we, we're here. We don't want to say, oh, we want to make sure you're covered. Like, we, we care. You know what I mean? We really do care, you know? And, and that's that's what we try to, you know, portray by that. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we're going to kind of wrap things up. I'm going to do a little quattro fire. I'm going to ask you a few more questions about you and what you like. I want to know, what is your favorite book? Oh, man, this is a good question, actually. Um, what, what's my favorite book, man? To be honest with Could you, be Audible. You know, I'm I'm on all Audible mode right now. <laughs> you, you you come to my office and and me. You talk about this. I'm not a huge Audible fan because like I I can't sit there and focus on these and these guys talking. You get this guy that's like, this is page four, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, can we hurry up a little bit? Have it more exciting. Well, well, with Audible, you could actually I think hit one and a half times speed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had to do that where I, I had to listen to people at a faster speed because I was like, all right, I, I, I don't have time for your slow talk. Yeah, but then sometimes you get that like weird distortion, you know what I mean? Oh, that, yeah. Like, when you it sounds like it a chipmunk. Yeah, not even like the chipmunk. It'll just like – it'll definitely sound like a computer or something. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all uh, digital. So going back to – I'm going to answer the question. My favorite book in the last year was – it was Urban Meyer's book about uh, Above the Line. And he, he said in there that E plus R equals O. So you can't – you can't dictate the event, but you can dictate your response to the event, and that usually generates the outcome. And I think that mindset and a lot of different things can help anybody out, you know? Yeah. So I think there's plenty of books I read in the, my lifetime that I love, but in the last two years, it just opens your mindset to seeing, like, different so that, ways. So well, was, what was the name of that again? I think it's Urban Meyer Above the Line. And I know there's a lot of controversy with Urban Meyer right now. Well, I don't know about it yet, but <laughs> I'll definitely I'll, – I'll check that out. And that that is so funny – you know, with, with I guess personal uh, uh, wellness or like business stuff, a lot of the stuff we read, it's just regurgitated from somebody Correct. else. But and it all comes back <clears throat> to the same basics. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Les Brown, a guy that I love, he's a motivational mm-hmm. speaker. He basically, I mean, he said something similar, like uh, you know, 
don't be the thermometer thermometer be the thermostat you know don't uh react but actually change the situation sure. you know adjust to it mm-hmm. and it that's that's basically it seems like what what that book's about kind of it's a quick read too like yeah. i they gave it out to me one time and i read it on occasion like in a week like i was like i was like just blowing on by it and it, it's a really easy read and it just you get to the end of it and you like i'm a, I'm a huge fan of sports like i love football i love baseball and when I read books like that, I, I picture myself in the game, like actually yeah. playing. You know what I mean? And they, it boosts me up. You know. All right, I'm gonna check that out. All right, what's your favorite show right now? Oh man, I'm a huge fan of like CNBC. And if my wife's watching, I'll say this is us. But uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Uh, um, let's see. I'm a huge fan of, of Minds, the, the the new show. Oh yeah, that's become my thing right now. I love Sons of Anarchy. I love you know that whole entire thing. And the yeah. Minds is a deeper story. And I, I kind of. I was telling my wife, I think I like the Mayans more than Sons. I think there was a lot of thought put into that. You know, Those I, are some bold words there, man. No, do you know what? I, I think it's because the Mayans, to me, seems almost a little more realistic with the drug cartels. Uh-huh. I mean, this is all stuff that's going on now. Like, sure. Everyone knows cartels are chopping heads off and leaving them in the streets. Well, to, to be honest, I actually just thought that because it, has, it hasn't been on for so long. Game of Thrones, guys, come on! It's, yeah. it's come back soon. Like, and I, I usually every uh, April I get so excited that's come back on, but it wasn't here this year. I don't know when it's coming back. Is it? Is it? They May? pushed it back a little bit. It did. I thought yeah. I, I heard 2019, but they didn't say a month of 2019. I heard April 2019. Which, come on, man! There is not a better show on TV. See, I never got into that, and people I, I think can't. I, sh- I need to get past the three or four episodes, and then you just go on this roller coaster ride, and it never, yeah. st- it just never stops, man. And uh, the story is just phenomenal. You watch yeah. Better Call Saul? No, but I love Breaking Bad, man. I really do. You should check out Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. If you like story, uh huh. Oh, you're gonna love it. Really? I'll check it out. I'll check it out. It. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, right now, I'm I'm all in on the Mayans with you, man. Definitely all in. What is your favorite quote? Oh man, <laughs> you're really killing me right now, man. Um, jeez, Louise. <laughs> This is hard to be honest with you, because okay, I got this. All right, so I'm a huge fan of history, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and Teddy Roosevelt, you know, just a crazy politician, you know, stood for a lot of different things, a big progressive, you know, um, he's he is, it's funny actually. So his quote is, "Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. So always look up to what you want to be." But always be grounded in what you can be grounded in. I think that mm-hmm. mindset right there is just phenomenal. You know, yeah. As a salesperson, we have our why, and our why is our ground. You know, what I mean, like that's why we come home at night and we see our families and we work so hard for that. You know, um, so that that quote to me is always shaped shaped me. You know, well, that's a great quote. I never heard that one before. Not, I mean, I've heard something similar, but not not in that way. And that's a great, especially for anybody in sales. That's a great quote. It is because I mean, like we we forget why we do things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see a salesman who's been in for fifteen years, they're burnt out half the time. You know what I mean? They yeah. they forget their why. And when you get into sales, you have a why. Mine's my family. Mine's you know always providing for them. And you know if you always keep your eyes on what's important, you'll never fail. Yeah. Anybody that gets into sales, it is important to always have that why in your head mm-hmm. because you're. That why ends up getting clouded by trying to be successful, mm-hmm. and then a lot of. I mean, I think I think most people their why is their family. Mm-hmm. I know that's myself. I, I think anybody with a family that you're doing what you're doing to provide for your family, mm-hmm. but then when you get so deep in the grind and the hustle and everything, you end up sometimes forgetting. Mm-hmm. You know, like wow, 
they're the reason why I'm doing it. And Correct. They're the ones getting the the worst end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So that that's a great quote, and I think it's something like really important to live by. Mm-hmm. Something like that. All right. So what would be maybe the best piece of advice someone gave you, or some piece of advice you'd like to give somebody maybe coming up or as far as a salesperson anybody like you know maybe there's someone coming out of school you got some good advice or maybe there was a piece of advice you heard from like a teacher or someone that just kind of clicked and so to, to be honest with you like like i was a person that didn't have a mentor when i got into it you know what i mean so like i just figured it out by trial and error you yeah. know the hard way you spray know? and pray <laughs> yeah exactly but my advice would be is to hold on to your values. You know what I mean? You stand for something, you know what I mean? And don't ever compromise that, you know? So like just, just always do the right thing for the client, for the person mm-hmm. and you'll be okay. You treat them the right way and your, your job will be reciprocated. You know what I mean? They're always going to come back to you. They're going to refer people to you. And if you have that mindset, you'll be okay. You won't fail. Just don't lose sight of what you are and what you stand for. Awesome. Awesome piece of advice. Now, where can people find you? Let's give everybody all the information, cell phone, I mean, whatever information you want out there, let let everybody on the audience know. So you can find me. Um, so basically, our office is located in Central Jersey, right in the middle by Great Adventure, um, exit 16A, um, off 195. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, my name is Logan Dustin. Um, if you want, friend request me, add me, message me any questions you may have. Um, our Facebook page is uh, the Dustin Farmers Agency. Um, if you're interested in learning more, we have a blog, Dustin Agency, as you said. But... We're pretty much on there. DustinAgency.com, right? Correct. How about a phone number? Our phone number is 732-490-7316. And you can, I'll even get my, my business cell phone, 732-618-9548. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I tell you, I learned a lot. and uh, it's, just, it's a lot, man. I'm man, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ready to go home and tear apart my policy. Your brain's probably like, oh my god. Yeah, gosh. like I'm I'm underinsured. I know I am. I don't even I'm, I'm, I don't even want to walk home. I think I'm going to Uber good, it. <laughs> I think Uber has better insurance than me right now. <laughs> probably oh, not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really my, appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And thank everybody for listening to the show. My name is Mikey T. Michael Anthony Timpani, as my mama named me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. You could follow me on Instagram and Facebook at THS Home Advisors and at Mikey T Sells NJ Homes. A link to all the websites could be found on my social sites, and you could pretty much just add a .com to those names, and you'll get brought right to the website. Please leave a review on iTunes. Share and subscribe to our weekly podcast. Message us with any questions and topics you would like to hear. And if you're a professional that could bring some value to the audience, please contact me. I'd love to have you on. Together we can learn and grow. I'd like to end with a quote. Um, it's from a guy I don't even know, but I love this quote. He's, his name is John Wooden. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. God bless everybody and have an amazing week. Amazing week.